0: Welcome to this week's Green Side Up. This is Richard Henschel, Horticulture Educator for Kane, DuPage, and Kendall Counties. And this week on the Green Side Up show I wanted to talk about, as I seemingly have for many weeks in a row now, trying to garden with the weather. And that means you might be able to get something done in between the showers or that short brief period when the soil dries a little bit and then having to step back and wait. There are a few things I think that uh, we might be able to manage to do, even though the soils might be a bit too wet. And to start with, of course, you really never want to go out into the vegetable garden or your flower beds and work when the foliage is is still wet after a rain event. That's the one of the easiest ways to spread a foliar disease along the row or within the whole patch is to uh, be out there and working the plants when they're wet. We brush up against them, uh, the moisture on our pant leg maintains the pathogen. We walk by another plant, we rub the pathogen off, uh, and the infection then is, then the, the infection can progress down the row. Similar things happen when we're doing any kind of pruning. Uh, your pruners uh, have the ability then to spread the, spread the pathogen just because of the moisture the that's on the tool, the moisture in the air, so it's never a good idea to prune, or or say weed or work the garden or or flower beds or rose beds when when, uh, any of the foliages are are really wet. One of the things that you might be able to do though is to go ahead and uh, you kind of, I call this gardening from the sidelines, but essentially you're standing maybe on the lawn next to the garden bed and where you can reach in and maybe you can do a little weed pulling. Um, especially plants with a a strong taproot let's say that dandelion that's been growing next to the iris or peony or or other uh, ornamental plant in the bed if you use the typical dandelion remover which is that long tool with a little v blade at the end and can reach down in the ground and cut that taproot or and or you'll hear it snap when you cut through it you can usually grab that dandelion for example and pull it and it's all and, and all the root that can come with it right out of the soil because the soil when it's moist like this uh, there's a condition called uh, the the hydraulic and that's where the moisture in the soil and the and the uh, it creates that slipperiness uh, in the soil and allows us to pull up those uh, dandelions taproot and all for as far down as we're able to cut. Uh, the same thing can be done on the lawn, by the way, if you're uh, I- encouraged to do that as well. You'll see a definite little hole left over with a little bit of black soil around it where the dandelion comes out, to plant, uh, taproot, and all. So there's some of that kind of weeding that that might be done. An easy example of this hydraulic Activity that I talk about is when we've had lots of rain and lots of wind. You may see a an evergreen tree, a spruce tree, a pine tree, just literally blown over and literally pulled out of the ground. Uh, that's because the soil was so moist that there was no resistance in the soil left, and the wind was able to just pull the plant over and pull the roots right out of the ground. So uh, there might be a little bit of weed pulling you can do very, very carefully if you if uh, if you want to. Um, if you absolutely have to work the soil or absolutely have to put some plants in the ground because that's they're past the point where they really need to be in, you don't want them to remain leggy in the transplant container. Uh, rather than, say, working the whole garden bed, uh, just lightly work that area where you intend to plant your tomato transplant, put it in the ground, use a little dry dirt to plant it back in with, Uh, maybe uh, potting soil in this case, or maybe you've got some drier soil that comes out of your compost bin, something along that line to help you uh, get that plant in in the ground in in the most timely manner possible. Again, avoid put down planks, put down uh, something that distributes out the weight while you're working, so you're not compacting or compressing the moist soil around that area. And that's something you could do. Uh, The other tidbit would be uh, if you have if, if you have to work the soil again, uh, you know, you're much better off using a, sho- a shovel or, or a, a garden spade versus a rototiller. A rototiller does much, much more damage to the soil structure than uh, your single action of a, of a spade or a shovel in that soil. The other part of this is uh, any sites that you have that are shadier are going to stay wetter longer. So again, be a bit more patient in terms of what you uh, uh, expect to do. That might be the last place you end up planting. Because of this excessive moisture we've had, uh, both from the rain and, and lingering dews and things like that, and cooler night temperatures, you wanna be on the lookout on your existing plants for uh, foliar diseases like powdery mildew. Uh, While we typically don't expect them till mid-late summer into fall, uh, I've seen powdery mildew already on plants like uh, uh, ninebark. Uh, They can be on the north side of the home on your lilacs right now. So be aware of those kinds of diseases. They may require some fungicide sprays because damage now means damage that remains for the rest of the season, versus a little bit of damage late in the summer when the leaves are gonna fall off anyway. So uh, keep in mind that some of these foliar diseases may need to really be addressed. Uh, A bit later on, I I might comment upon, you finally got the tomato plants in, they're growing. Uh, Given the wet, cool soils that we have, if the plant decides to uh, push out some flower clusters for you, be very aware that the first flower set or fruit set on your tomato plant very possibly is going to be impacted by... uh, um, Uh, the blossom end rot syndrome that we get and that's usually a case of the plant not being able to get enough calcium because of the cooler wetter soil temperatures. And some folks will even go to the point of removing the first flower cluster completely and just waiting for the plant to set up the second cluster of flowers. And by then the root system is established better. The soils are warmer and we typically do not get uh, blossom end rot. So that's something to be looking for. It's clearly a bit early, but something you should, right now anyway, but you should be looking for that as your tomatoes first uh, get going. Another good thing you can do for your tomatoes as you finally do get them planted out in your yard is because of this moisture that's in the soil and the free moisture that's about, uh, please mulch those plants in either artificially or organically uh, to keep the soil from splashing up onto the lower leaves. And that's where our diseases start, they overwinter in the soil. And in that way, you'll delay septoria leaf spot, early blight, late blight, um, uh, fusarium, and a bunch of other problems that uh, that happen to tomatoes. So if you can, um, Keep, their, keep the leaf foliages dry and, and especially near the soil line. So consider some type of a mulch, whether it's newspapers, whether it's uh, a layer of something essentially uh, pasteurized like uh, mushroom compost or blended mushroom compost, put something down to keep the soil from splashing up on the lower leaves and you'll be a a much happier camper later on when your tomato plants still have foliages later on in the summer. Well this has been Richard Hanchel with this week's Green Sight Up. It's always a pleasure. I'll be back again next week.